the year is 2021. The world is fucked. A spectre of death looms over the games. But that won't stop the world's most successful Olympic nations descending on Tokyo. The People's Republic of China. The divided states of America. The country formerly known as Russia. But this show is not about those countries. This show is about the little guys. The underdogs. The battlers looking to wrap their fists around a medal and become a national holiday. This is Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, truck ramp to Tokyo. Hello and welcome to day 12 of Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, truck ramp to Tokyo. It's a very special day. My name is Rig. Your name is... Gustav. It is, well, oh, the full name today. Yeah, I figured it was just a formal occasion. Uh, it is a formal occasion because we are, as of today, six months away from the Beijing 2022 <laughs> Winter Olympics, which, by the way, sounds like an arbitrary celebration that a girl makes up when she's in a relationship in her teenage years. Happy one-month anniversary. Why, why are we saying that's only girls? <laughs> Teenagers be like that. Yeah, that is <laughs> happy one month rimming anniversary. <laughs> That's it. Ketamine and rimming, the breakfast of champions. Right in that card, it was just I feel like it was only yesterday when my tongue was in your butthole. Yeah, I mean <laughs> cards have changed. Or as I call it, the theatre of dreams. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> the kids are not fine. <laughs> Neither are you. <laughs> I'm painting all of you with the same brush. Yeah. And uh, speaking of painting with brushes, what a rich tapestry of horror it is that it's day 12 and we're only six (laughs) months from Beijing. Wow. Every art person literally just cringed. You went, what a paintbrush, and then went on to tapestry. (laughs) Yeah, look, what am I, a textiles guy? (laughs) As we painted the threads that make up the canvas (laughs) of this life painting that is the Tokyo Olympics. Look, my favourite seamstress has always been Picasso. (laughs) I told you that at the start of our relationship. Why won't you look at me, Jury? Yeah, go on. Yeah, so um, it is six months to Beijing, and obviously it's one of the most insane moments in Olympic history that uh, the Games of the Summer Olympiad haven't even finished, and the Australian Olympic Committee is already preparing to put Winter Olympians on a plane. Yeah. What the shit. It's mental, isn't and, it? And won't someone spare a thought for us? <laughs> Won't they think of the kids? Won't you think of two straight white guys with a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys. um, Why have we fallen through the cracks? (laughs) I can now start to understand why the AOC won't return our calls. But uh, yes, the fact that there is a very slim possibility, and I say slim in the uh, most... uh, wooden board crack <laughs> sense of the word that we will be in Beijing for the Winter <laughs> Olympics <laughs> because like every single day when Gladys gets up to give her presser and I just think to myself, maybe it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder if people are going to treat Beijing like they treat any place that's had a major disaster where they're just like, well, technically, it's the safest now that an attack has just happened. (laughs) I guarantee they will not. (laughs) They will not. But Beijing does mark uh, the end of uh, three consecutive um, games in Asia. Yep. And after that, obviously, we move to um, Paris. Gay Paris. Milan. Yep. Oh, you didn't have a cool, quippy name for Milan, did the you? Jewel of the North. <laughs> Do you love the that? Fashion, Do you cap- ca- no, fashion <laughs> capital of the world. Oh, God. I like the second one heaps okay. better. <laughs> the Jewel of the North. <laughs> you and your big dumb head. Or as they called it a year ago, COVID Central. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Umbrella City. Oh, that's it. So yes, um, no, we what will. Is it? Raccoon, Raccoon City. Raccoon. <laughs> Umbrella Corporation, isn't it? So no, you're thinking of Tokyo, the condom Umbrella City. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, we're still we're, obviously we're still in the summer game. So <laughs> enough of that pesky bobsled-ridden ice haven <laughs> that will be Beijing. Yeah, I can't wait for us to put on all of our winter gear in 35 degree oh. <laughs> summer heat. This is like remember Sochi, where <laughs> the Russians were like. No, it's good climate for winter. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like there's no snow. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching the skiers and they just run out of snow. <laughs> the cross-country skiers were in fucking grass. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a shot of them walking. I'm yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> this gold medal is going to the same chick who won the 50K walk at the summer game. Yeah. <laughs> but... We will focus on the remaining days of the Tokyo uh, Summer Games because that's what this podcast is. And we are contractually obligated. <laughs> we have to do 20 eps <laughs> or face a cease and desist from our own management, <laughs> which can go and stand in line with the other cease and desist <laughs> that we've received over the last two it's weeks. An overflowing filing cabinet. Oh my God, John Coates, <laughs> stop emailing us. <laughs> we don't care. Anyway. We noticed something that is uh, becoming a bit of a trend towards the arse end of these games, and that is, as we've discussed... Tongues. (laughs) (laughs) It's not tongues. It's not the album cover of every Rolling Stones album. (laughs) It is instead that Australians are going ham once their events are finished... Totally. ...and just cannot stop necking bootleg piss in the village. Yep. But they're also getting deported at a rate of knots, which means that we end up in the exact place that we thought that we would be. And what is that, Rig? That is a, a thing that is very familiar to Jetstar flight attendants, <laughs> which is a copious amount of piss being downed by all passengers on a plane. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's that moment that you, as a family of four look up and see that the entire Collingwood Magpies football team have boarded the flight. Yeah. (laughs) And you go, how can I blindfold my children for the next two and a half hours? Yeah. So, yeah, there's been a report come through that the uh, Ollie Roos, the Mm. um, Australian men's soccer team, and also the the seven sides um, all ended up on the same flight which is their Mad Monday, and yep. being all from the football persuasion, they did what any totally obnoxious Aussie does when it gets to that time of the year, and they decided, 
your rules don't apply to me. I'm going to drink from the moment these doors close. Yeah, and that is a nine-hour flight. It's a huge flight. And uh, and not only that, but um, for anybody that has gotten drunk on a plane before, and uh, to the 99.9% of our listeners that uh, have, good for you. And to the <laughs> 0.1% that haven't, how did you 13-year-olds find us? <laughs> Stop <laughs> listening and go to bed. But... Theoretically, that kind of mid-air alcohol consumption, as we discussed, it is a stone-cold scientific fact. One in the air is worth three on the ground. It is the multiplier. 100%. And this is, I mean, it's really no surprise coming from athletes that represent a country that absolutely lords the David Boone Oh. Effort on a plane, which was uh, during was it the eighties? It was heading over to the Ashes in England. He dra- he purportedly drank fifty two beers yep. on a flight from Sydney to London. Let's just do the math here. Yeah, yeah. you People divide do. that and you go into a nine hour flight from Tokyo. You are looking at roughly seventeen beers. <laughs> Seven, seventeen beers is uh, obviously more than enough alcohol to get close to killing a normal human. Um, but for an athlete yeah. where their tolerance is uh, smelling a guava cruiser <laughs> and going to sleep, <laughs> this shit was toxic. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounded like you got pretty rowdy and I just can't wait for Papa Ian to come out and be <laughs> like, you know what? Kids are just being kids. This is what happen w- happens when you take a party away from somebody. Oh, totally. Totally. And uh, and that's it. <laughs> we've said that there should have just been a lock-in COVID party <laughs> at the village. Not a party with COVID. That's already happening. But yeah. <laughs> definitely some kind of a just chuck them all into the mess hall and lock the doors. Yeah. Um, but in- <laughs> instead, they've put them all on a plane, which is tons worse for everybody involved. What we did miss when we're talking about um, Papa Ian, a.k.a. the Swedish chef. The cool dad. <laughs> Aviator-wearing single dad yeah. <laughs> that no one wants to hold the party <laughs> is that uh, the deputy chef or the sous chef of <laughs> the Australian <laughs> Olympic team is none other than famed piss rat Susie O'Neill. <laughs> And for any, anybody, <laughs> I want to put that as my new Instagram bio, famed piss rat. <laughs> for anybody that's forgotten her nickname during her uh, athletic career, um, it, was, it was Madam Butterfly, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it was uh, Stolly Susie. <laughs> <laughs> because she was rarely seen without a bottle of vodka in her hand during the games. Um, and that's she's exactly the person that I think is having uh, a chat with Papa Ian and going, look, these guys got a party. I'm, yeah. tell- I'm telling you as an ex-swimmer that if you don't let them party... They'll find a way. They will find a way. Life finds a way. <laughs> the Jeff Goldblum <laughs> moment for the Australian Olympic team is this flight. Yeah. <laughs> this is where life found a way. It just reeks of that whole thing of when the pub closes and everyone looks at each other and goes, I'm not ready to finish. <laughs> and then it's just like kick-ons <laughs> at mine, which in this case is a 747. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, an underreported fact at the moment is that for no apparent reason, Grant Hackett was in business class. <laughs> God, he loves it. 
he is all about getting absolutely cut in oh, midair. Yeah, exactly right. And to think they were only one Jeff Hugel away from being an absolute <laughs> PR disaster. <laughs> yeah, that uh, <laughs> the flight did offer to drop them all off at the races. <laughs> Guys, if you keep drinking like this, we'll have no choice. No. We'll drop you off over Rose Hill and just give you parachutes. <laughs> oh. So that uh, that flight is uh, currently being investigated. Um, I mean, we both know that between the Swedish chef and Stolly Susie, there will be no punishments no, handed out. absolutely not. They're going to do the whole, let's just wait for this whole thing to blow over. 100%. Because 100%. no one's going to care. Like Aussies, like no Australian will care about that. No, but you know what? So this is the thing. It's like they're all flying back. All the Australian athletes are flying back and they're going straight into 14 days of quarantine. The only thing the Australian public will care about is if one of these fucks brings COVID back. Yeah. And it breaks hotel quarantine. It's not going to happen because they're all going into Howard Springs on the whole, which is dead set Guantanamo for COVID. Where is that? Northern Territory. Oh, gross. It's No, it's amazing. It is literally an open air ranch uh, in the middle of the desert where they just go, you want to go for a walk? That's cool because you've got like an acre. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the only purpose built facility in Australia. For free range humans. For free range (laughs) humans. (laughs) That's it. You can't wait for the release of the Waigu Olympians. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be the first ones we eat when we all turn on each other. 100%. That's it. That's why we haven't heard from Rowan Browning. He's just being slowly fed high-quality grass <laughs> by John Coates. Eat up, Rowan. <laughs> We've got all these girls like just eyeing up his rump. <laughs> That's it. The good meat's in the rump. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll fetch quite the price for this one at market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we jest. We don't want to kill Rowan Browning and sell him for meat. <laughs> <laughs> Asterisk. All right, so <laughs> we turn our attention now to the Minnow medals. Gus, you did such a great job on playback when I was listening to it yesterday on my government-mandated walk. <laughs> Uh, in explaining the minnow medals, how about you give it another crack? Mate, absolutely. So the top three finishing minnows, we get rid of all countries that have ever won an Olympic gold medal and then we just redo the standings. So the top three finishes um, that are left over get gallium, steel and brass for first, second and third respectively. Absolutely. That's how it works. That's how we do it. So first off the bat. Yeah, we have a... A confession. (laughs) I was going to say apology. (laughs) We did bad. (laughs) And to show you how seriously we're taking this, play our apology sting. And I'm really fucking sorry. Which is incredibly sincere. It sounds like T-Pain has decided <laughs> to send out a Hallmark apology. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, uh, okay, we'll just dive straight into it. So when we've been doing all of the... Also, just quickly, yep. this is a full-time job figuring out these medals. It takes hours. Oh, totally. So for those of you coming at us, because I assume that'll happen as it does every time we fuck something up, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's our response. Yeah, you fucking tally the medals for a thing that we created 
<laughs> and brought upon ourselves. You do it. Yeah, you do it. Um, so what has happened here is that in our enthusiasm to scrub the sport of badminton from our memories... And the history books. <laughs> and, as we've discussed, throw all of its implements <laughs> into the Turkmenistani gas grater. <laughs> Door to hell. Yeah, uh, we didn't count any of those medals. And it turns out Malaysia <laughs> might be quite proficient <laughs> at badminton, despite them being dead to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, on count back... Malaysia won all five gallium <laughs> on <laughs> the five available badminton events. Whoopsie. <laughs> so <laughs> Malaysia have uh, really ripped into the front. They uh, have. They were trailing Moldova as uh, the Yaksmen, as they are known uh, <laughs> in their, their national sports um, her, were sauntering towards the finish line with only a couple of days to go. But uh, Malaysia hit the front today. So good. Making up a four-gallium deficit to take the lead by one. So they uh, sit in first uh, on 12, mm-hmm. Moldova in second with 11, and Turkmenistan There's in daylight third, there, though, isn't there? Yeah, with six. So yeah. it's a race in two. Um, we've had a, had a look at the events coming up, and this one will be super tight. You want to talk about fast finishing? Hi, it's me, Rig. No, I... (laughs) You want to talk about fast finishing and things I want to erase from my memory and throw into the fucking Turkmenistani crater? Anyway, hi, Rig. Yeah, if you want to talk fast finishing, Spectre Drone Services. (laughs) We watch you at your lowest point. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then let you play buy, it back. <laughs> buy the footage from us. <laughs> so an absolute huge move by Kyrgyzstan. Oh, good. So in the same way that Malaysia flocked to badminton, Kyrgyzstan are all about wrestling. Oh, I was wondering who was going to emerge from the <laughs> horrible ashes. Oh, mate. The, tur- gra- the grappling, sweat-soaked ashes. Yeah, it should be no surprise that all of the countries in Central Asia send wrestlers because <laughs> yeah. you require no equipment. <laughs> Just your bare hands or your bare hands. <laughs> so yeah, that, that and a pep talk from a really sick-looking Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Kyrgyzstan, I was doing medals in wrestling yesterday. Three gallium oh. and a brass straight off the bat. Gee, that's good. And that's just like the wrestling program has just started. Wow. Yeah, so they, they have could... 17 athletes at these games. Seven of them are in wrestling. Oh, so they're shit. almost guaranteed to shoot up. So they went from fucking nowhere to now top 10. They are fourth, I think. Oh, my God. That's a huge move. Yeah. That's a monster move at the pointy end of the season as well. Fifth, sorry. Fifth. But How that's amazing. That they're missing out on the double chance in finals by yeah. one. <laughs> so we also have new entrants, uh, BVI or British Virgin Islands for the uh, kids that aren't oh. hip with the program. Anything that has islands in it just makes me want to finish fast. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> they got two gallium in the one day. Oh, nice. Yesterday. Big day. Uh, yep. National holiday, stamps for all. Yeah. Uh, Uganda. Yeah. Samoa. Yeah. So we already had, people might have been like, didn't you say Samoa in a previous thing? Yeah, we Just did. kidding. They'd never say that. But that was American Samoa. This is 
Samoa Samoa. Yeah. Or exactly. the artist formerly known as Western Samoa. <laughs> yes. Uh, what else? Uh, Sao Tome and Principe. I'm glad that you gave that a good crack because I was about to rinse you. <laughs> and then Belize. Yes, exactly. The home of John McAfee. Rest in peace, you crazy bastard. <laughs> it's antivirus <laughs> everywhere. Hope you're reading your own dick up there. Absolutely. For anyone that doesn't understand, uh, McAfee antivirus uh, was created by a man that said that he would eat his own dick. On live television. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Belize facts. <laughs> Belize facts. Take, take those to the uh, bank. The weird dick-eating bank. <laughs> they fucking hate that that guy moved there. That's <laughs> oh, the worst. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of minnows, it is time to play the segment that is just dripping with reverb like a Vatican cathedral. Minnow Watch! Yes, it's time for Minnow Watch. Oddly, one of the services that Spectre Drone Services offer. <laughs> so... <laughs> Spectre drone services. We see dead people. <laughs> we absolutely do. But speaking of the land of the living, we have one last feature athlete in play, don't we? We do. Huge Fab is in the final of the triple jump. Uh, mystery to us all tomorrow night. Not that he's there, but also mostly the sport. <laughs> but also, he nearly didn't qualify. He is a Burkina Farson. If you're just tuning in, welcome to day 12. The fuck have you been? And... <laughs> It is. Sit down, take a seat. We have about three hours worth of shit to tell you. <laughs> That's it. All you need to do is catch up on the previous 15 episodes. <laughs> so clear your schedule. Oh, that's right. You're working from home. <laughs> so, yeah, huge fab. Um, he is vying to be Burkina Faso's first ever Olympic medal in any Olympics, mm. uh, winter or summer. I mean, probably don't need to really qualify that the Burkina Farsons are famously not a winter <laughs> Olympic country but um, he will be uh, hop skipping and jumping his way towards victory tomorrow night did you actually know what the demonym for someone from Burkina Faso is uh, b- uh, oh it, Burkina Bay Burkina Bay <laughs> Burkina- I found that out from infobay.com. <laughs> I think it's actually pronounced Burkinabe. Is um, it really? Gee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why did I ask? <laughs> you are a moron. <laughs> How's- Burkinabe. <laughs> How's that worm taste? <laughs> oh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and the only other person that we want to mention is <laughs> the only other person at all is Joe Funbule from Liberia. Now, we have a massive soft spot uh, for minnows in general, but minnows that decide that they want to try and steal a medal in a sport that is blue ribbon. Like mm. we're talking your 100, 200 sprints yep. in, uh, in the ats, um, any of the freestyle uh, in the swimming. Um, that's basically it. Everything else is shit house. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where it's at. He is in the 200-meter men's final. That's unreal. Unbelievable. This kid ran sub-20 seconds to make it into the final. uh, Nudged out the world champion from the U.S., in a photo finish oh in his semi. Oh, my God. I he, love that. He, when it's at the expense of other countries, especially the, the US, US, because I mean, everyone there is losing <laughs> their fucking mind. <laughs> they are not having a good time. And look... Uh, 
the guy that he that he pipped out ended up qualifying through on time, but he didn't go through automatically. He had a nervous wait, which uh, can't be good for his head. So we assume that he is mentally disintegrated yeah. and will just fail to show up for the final <laughs> because that's we how, can only that's, hope that's how it works. We know as professional athletes, <laughs> um, but. Joe Fine Bully, if you get a chance to have a look at how this kid runs, he must be all of about six foot eight. Shit. Enormous. But he also runs like he's fucking falling over. (laughs) (laughs) And for the life of me, you know how you see like Usain Bolt run and you go, wow, he looks like he's jogging. Yeah. Imagine the opposite of that. Life looks so hard for this kid. (laughs) (laughs) His running style is incredibly laboured, but fuck, he is quick. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when your fucking leg span... Is that what you call it? Leg span? Sure. uh, Foot stride? is like that long because you can imagine how fucking large his legs are. No wonder Bolt looked like he was jogging. He essentially was. Was. (laughs) When you're racing against fucking blokes from the US who are faster than the wind but 5'9". Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. put it together. So, yeah, he's drawn um, in lane eight. So he'll be one of the... He won't be able to see shit uh, because <laughs> everybody's coming from behind him. So yeah. he's going to have to go out uh, pretty quick and that is on tonight. Any medal for, uh, for Liberia would be huge boon they've never brought anything home oh, um, that. from from the games and uh, he's the fourth favorite yeah fun fact about liberia the only colony that was ever uh, colonized by the u.s which is why the flag looks like the u.s flag and the capital is monrovia which is named after one of their presidents james monroe still don't believe you've ever had sex <laughs> I'm a fast finisher, though. <laughs> Show me a child and I'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way you can get that. From Spectre Drone Services. <laughs> Footage of my hidden son. <laughs> so, the uh, the other thing is uh, Namibia. We're going to give a uh, big shout out to because they picked up their first silver since Atlanta. That's and huge. again, Blue Ribbon event was in the women's 200. That's so good. Enormous, uh, which was won by uh, the Jamaican um, Thompson, who is just tearing oh my the sprints God. apart. Isn't she just far And her out. teammates hate her. Oh, yeah. Fraser Price <laughs> hates her guts. <laughs> it is frosty. And she also doesn't team. care. She's like, I'm the best. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's all happening in Jamaica. So... In that vein, one last shout-out. So I did mention at the top of the show when we were doing Minnow Medals, rather, that Kyrgyzstan just racked up the gallium yesterday. That was actually, because they are a minnow, they've never won gold before, they actually did win medals yesterday oh, as shit. part of those gallium. So the gallium overlap there was a bronze medal, was won in women's freestyle wrestling. Yep. And their f- the country's first ever silver was won yesterday. Shit, uh, best ever in, finish. In the, uh, in the gold medal match in, uh, in men's Greco-Roman, I believe. Holy so crap. Yeah, so big day for them. Still that elusive gold hasn't got there, but uh, yeah... Well, that means that uh, the national sport of Kyrgyzstan uh, stays as uh, Ulak Tartish. It's a uh, team game that's kind of a cross between polo and rugby in which two teams on horseback wrestle for possession of the headless carcass of a goat. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm sure that that's what that guy who won silver was thinking. Oh, no. This is slipping through my hands like a goat carcass. 
No, he was thinking, can't wait for this to finish so I can go have a good rowdy game of Ulak Tartish <laughs> and a bowl of the same name. Yeah. <laughs> like Turkmenistan, I assume everything has been named the same shit. <laughs> yes. So, we move on to, again, I hate to keep reinforcing it, but uh, our best segment, it's Apocalympics Now. Apocalympics now. I really fucking hate how you throw shade at all our other segments. <laughs> I don't throw shade at all. Because our like other I said, I medals sh- take fucking ages. <laughs> Why do I even bother? <laughs> I just want you to work for it. <laughs> so, what have you got? It's very rare that we bring to this show stuff that's not necessarily in the past, but in the future. This is a fu- <laughs> This is a future Apocalympics God, I segment. hope it's lotto numbers. It's about Brisbane for 2032. Perfect. So, we made jokes earlier in the piece about potential new sports that could appear at Brisbane. Apparently, we aren't the only ones because certain people have come out and these are the sports they're suggesting and these aren't even jokes. Sheep shearing. Oh, fuck me. We're starting there, are we? Yep. And dog trials, which (laughs) I assume... Like the Nuremberg trials? (laughs) (laughs) Like it's a series of convict dogs? I think it's literally like getting sheep dogs to round sheep up. God, and I already hate the equestrian events. I know. Almost as much as I hate the badminton. Yeah, you know why? I do not want dog trials. Exactly, because like the human has done fuck all. (laughs) It's like, you only do that shit if you're giving the medal to the horse. I don't want to see Andrew Hoy on the fucking podium. I want to see sprinkles. Do not get me started. I want a one-tonned horse... On that podium with a fucking medal around its neck, wondering why it isn't out in the field just eating grass happily. (laughs) When I mentioned this to Al, uh, avid horse fan, uh, she responded with, what's a horse going to do with a medal? She makes a valid point. He's obviously going to take the medal and celebrate by doing bags with the bear in the baseball stadium and <laughs> shuffling in the hallways. What kind of dumbass question is that by Al? <laughs> but yes, we digress from dog trials and fucking uh, jumbuck shearing or whatever the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's what I want to suggest as some of the new sports. <laughs> Good. Rochambeau. The classic <laughs> playground game. Everyone gets a punch. You stand there and you get hit. <laughs> Isn't First Ro- person to go down. Isn't Rochambeau, and this loses. may have been one of those school-to-school district things uh, where you had different rules. Isn't Rochambeau where you get kicked in the nuts? And so at, again, and, and you go back and forth. There's, there's, I assume, uh, different variations on the. There, core there game. are, there are several variations. So it will, it will be required by a governing federation to put it into separate events. So <laughs> there's shin kicks, <laughs> oh, sack wax. But oh. the classic variation is the arm punch. Oh. So you stand there completely still, and the other person punches you as hard as humanly possible in your arm. First person to tap out loses. <laughs> Rochambeau, I'm telling you, it's a great fucking game. Brisbane 32, it's coming. 
that, that is a ripper. Uh, I feel like surely there has to be an opening uh, for group karaoke to Am I Ever Gonna See Your Face Again? <laughs> Everybody must sing, am I ever going to see your face again? And you're judged on how loud you can yell, no No way, way, get get fucked, fuck fuck off. (laughs) In in classic Brisbane Tuesday night tradition. Yeah, group karaoke is a great event for Brisbane 2032, as is wombat tackling. (laughs) The true test of strength and fortitude and speed. (laughs) They are faster than humans in the first 50 metres. (laughs) <laughs> that is great. How, how about this one? Um, everybody starts on uh, on canoes in the yep. Brisbane River, and then 400 meters behind them, someone lights the river on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing how polluted it is, they will have to kayak real quick to get the fuck out of there and to safety. It's not a finish line. It's just get out of the river. Yeah. <laughs> Just whoever gets out safely wins the gold. Totally. And uh, and everyone is completely aware of the risks before they start. Uh, and they're also given an environmental survey of what's in the river. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So also fence skeleton. So my one would be to take the fences post equestrian show jumping and just have people run through them head first in a line. <laughs> The most amount of fences in the shortest amount of time wins. Oh. It's hurdles with your head. <laughs> we are going to win so many gold as Australians at <laughs> Brisbane 2032. Oh, Every bloke at a bucks is going to win this. <laughs> These are built for Queenslanders. <laughs> but no, seriously, my honest thing for Brisbane 2032, darts. Not the bullseye. Smoke a pack of cigs, the fastest, <laughs> the fastest you can get through it is crown the winner. <laughs> Darts, Brisbane 2032. That's it. And uh, the time limit for, uh, for the entire event is actually however long the first state of origin goes for. <laughs> so <laughs> it's how many Marlboro Reds can you <laughs> chain from kickoff to <laughs> final whistle? Love that. So that's uh, that's my apocalyptic mate. What have you got? Oh, mate, that is great. Uh, I am taking you to the heady world of shooting. So as we've covered in recent episodes, the growing trend of Olympic athletes who appear to have just come to the game so they can shit the bed on the world stage <laughs> <laughs> is mind-blowing <laughs> because... There's a Ukrainian guy who's in the final of the men's 50-metre air rifle. Right. Now, this guy can shoot. He literally won silver in the 10-metre air rifle a day before. Right. Sorry, at the 2016 Rio Games. It feels like a day. (laughs) (laughs) It's day 12. Again, we were born doing this podcast. (laughs) So, (laughs) he's in the final and a button becomes undone on his jacket. You'd think that if you're in the final of the Olympics, you'd just be like, I'll deal with you later, button. Yeah. Instead, he fumbles around with his button, not wanting to be undone and embarrassed on the world stage. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? He knew Twitter would go into meltdown (laughs) and he'd become hashtag button guy. (laughs) Ukrainian Twitter Yukio. Yeah. (laughs) Crimea against fashion. (laughs) That's melted down. But yeah, so he does his button up and then realises that he's spent 40 of his 50 allocated seconds uh, fixing his shirt. And then he goes, oh, fuck, 
My shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Looks down the scope of his rifle and he's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> You've got this, Sauchi. <laughs> As I imagine his self-talk goes. <laughs> so levels it up, scopes in, hits the trigger and bang. He absolutely destroys the bullseye of his opponent's target. <laughs> he has managed to disqualify himself from the final because he has taken out someone else's target. No way. Which is an immediate DQ. And how is this quote from him afterwards? This is like when you see one of your mates and they've just absolutely muffed a set shot at goal and they're just beating themselves up in yeah. park footy. I shot someone else's target. I'm not happy. Who shoots someone else's target? Only idiot like me. <laughs> <laughs> As he paces back and forth. Smacks himself in the face. He's Rochambeauing his own body. <laughs> talking to Reuters. <laughs> so yeah, he, uh, he gets uh, eliminated and then he tries to, uh, to explain it, which takes a bit of a strange uh, lost in translation turn. The button on my jacket came undone and I felt a discomfort, but time passed and I had to make a shot, so I didn't notice that I was already aiming for someone else's target. I have shooting range in my city, but it only has five targets, so it is impossible to hold competitions there. There is no place to hold competition, no place to grow new athletes, and that is problem. <laughs> That's all the one quote Yeah. about him shooting someone else's target. Uh, yeah. If I'm reading this correctly, the issue and what he is blaming <laughs> for the fact that he shot a fucking unrelated target and got disqualified from the Olympics was the fact that he only has five targets and that the sport is underfunded. I, I mean, everything's underfunded. Well, the <laughs> thing the is, Ukraine. yeah, I know. But like, if you want more under, uh, you know, if you want more funding for your sport in Ukraine, you die. You get murdered by the political state. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, 100%. Stop asking us for stuff. <laughs> it's Or well, we will kill you. That's it. You, well, you, you, either, you either do that or you maybe just focus in for nine seconds, hit the gold medal and uh, then ask for funding. That's exactly. Because success tends to be the resulting factor. Uh, for more money. Yeah, absolutely. Coming home being an international laughing stock because your button came undone and then you shot someone else's <laughs> target, that was immediately disqualifying yourself. Then you had a self-deprecating rant and spoke about unrelated shit to Reuters. I don't think you're getting a grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a one-way Something ticket. tells me. <laughs> Just look, I'm no funding guy. <laughs> I'm no shooting guy, <laughs> but you shouldn't have shot someone else's target. Yeah, which does uh, bring it back to the central point, which is I reckon if if you're going to do that and this is going to be one of the resulting sporting factors, that should be a new Olympic sport. You have to do up the buttons on your shirt. You start <laughs> bare-chested <laughs> with an MJ Bale business shirt undone. <laughs> When the when the stopwatch starts, you have 50 seconds to correctly align the buttons, <laughs> do them up, and then shoot any target. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If any it's of yours, five target. Any five target. That's my home country. <laughs> it's it does not matter. That's the new rifle that I want to see. I am all about that. Which means we move on to mailbag. So mailbag. We've had a few people sending us through DMs. It's where all of our DMs live. 
And die. (laughs) And die. So people are, and obviously you're not on Instagram, I man ours, but we're getting a lot of interest for your very dubious claim that you reckon that you could be an Olympian in a non-athletic sport. In a hundred hours. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm unsurprised that people are dubious because they're jealous. And okay. look, to, to be fair, again, I am talking about finding an Olympic loophole because <laughs> I think that most of these sports are stupid <laughs> and that Australians don't want to go to the fencing. <laughs> so I reckon I can do it in a hundred hours. So the prof. Yes. Kane Five, he, uh, he messaged us. First question, which I probably should check up. Is there an age limit in the Olympics? <laughs> probably should be. You will be 38. Thank you. Andrew Hoy is like a thousand years old. <laughs> and he just won dead more medals. <laughs> That's how the fucking horse got up. He's a fossil riding on this fucking horse. <laughs> he is a ghoul, which weighs nothing. That poor horse. So Kane says that might be one obstacle, the age limit. Other than that, get him a trainer. We the people demand he do the hours. Yeah, I mean, it's starting to sound a lot like community service, but uh, Kane, show me the money. I'm good for it. Yeah. <laughs> Kyron, he got in touch with us. Kyron is, has been a, a fan of ours for a long time. He's, uh, he's also the founder of Zencast. Which is the uh, first place that we hosted our podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, any uh, budding podcasters uh, that want a place to start, Zencast is Australian-owned. Uh, it's a fantastic platform, and uh, the only reason we're not still there is because of our manager. Yeah, so Kyron. We love Kyron. Yeah, <laughs> it gurgs up. <laughs> Kyron's got our vote. Yeah, he's been following us around like an ex-girlfriend. But <laughs> it's great. He, he writes to us and he says, Hey boys, been loving the coverage lately. Thank you, mate. Small anecdote on today's episode based on Gus's 100-hour challenge. My high school PE teacher coached the Australian Olympic team for the London Games. And that's still the only person I've met that has ever partaken in fencing in any capacity. There we go. So perhaps it really is straight to the Olympics. <laughs> I'm positive. And also, I don't even think that fencing's the best crack. I'm convinced that you and I can pick two other people and become curlers. We said this when we are in Pyeongchang. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Seeing all of the curlers and the fact that the American team looked like they're straight out of a fucking home hardware's ad. <laughs> and there is no rigs <laughs> that are coming to play at the curling. We could spend 99 hours sinking piss and one hour buying stones. It is the lawn bowls of the Winter Olympics. It was pointed out to us after Pyeongchang that you have to qualify through the World Championships, but they are also expanding uh, curling at the Olympics so that there is uh, it's a wider field, um, and they're trying to get uh, Oceanianic, <laughs> Oceanic and... Yep. and uh, Minnow nations involved through repercharge systems, etc. Love that. I, to my knowledge, have only seen that there are two curling teams in the entirety of Australia, and I'm pretty fucking confident I can beat those two. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on the fact that anyone doing curling seriously is a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. We've got to find out what the deal is with curling. <laughs> and if you want... If you want and, you know, you want to go summer because that obviously buys you a bit more time. Yes. Because I assume because I assume the curlers have already been picked <laughs> yeah, for I Beijing. Think, I think the Beijing Games has already, that field has been established. Yeah, then 
Maybe it is fencing Paris 2024. <laughs> we'll get in touch with Kyron's high school PE teacher. <laughs> and we did look up where the nearest um, fencing centre was in Sydney. And uh, it's very conveniently right above the rug store we've always wanted to go to <laughs> on Parramatta Road in Two Sydney. Two birds, one stone. That's it. Get yourself a rug and a sabre. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I have uh, have one. Do you uh, remember the conversation that we had about uh, the general uh, demeanour of the Danish yesterday? Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. So I have gotten a message. It's hate mail, isn't it? <laughs> from none other than Christopher and daughter in Denmark. They said, on behalf of all engaging and measured Danes in colourful houses, thanks for the slightly stinging yet friendly and true verbal hug we got today in your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Love your show, followed by this image, (laughs) (laughs) which is two of the the blondest, (laughs) whitest people I've ever seen. They are two very attractive blonde people who are giving. Who I assume are very tall. (laughs) Giving us a thumbs up in front of their palatial house. (laughs) That is very colourful. (laughs) It's colourful. Beautiful shade of yellow. That's it. You can't argue with that. So. We say to the people of Denmark, keep coming at us. We love your colourful houses and your blonde hair. It's like Danes are going to hear this now and be like, wow, that's a really hectic insult from one of our countrymen to this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So... That is all we have time for, which means it's time for you to tell the people how they can contact us. Absolutely. If you want to become a great sponsor like Spectre Drone Services, head on over to our purpose-built shoddy website, gusandrig.biz. That is .biz or Z for the Americans playing at home where business goes to live. And I. Absolutely. And if you want to become part of Mailbag or you want to send us any weird games like Millsy did yesterday... Then hit us up on Instagram. We are Gus and Rig at G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G or hit us up on Facebook. We are at Medallica or Shit Show. Absolutely. And finally, if you want to jump onto our Patreon and become one of our wonderful gaggle of people who open their wallets so that we can do what we do every month, please go on to Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Gus and Rig. We've got a series of different tiers there. You can sign up and you see uh, what is now about... Uh, a thousand pieces of content <laughs> that have never been released to the public. That's right. For all of you whinging at us, being like, where's Shit Show? Get on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen for about a year. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I've got to take this 40 cases of beer to the nearest jet. <laughs> I've got to contact the other two members of our curling team, Kyron and Kane. <laughs> Cheers. I'm really fucking sorry.